Hello, Tim here. Any references to military experience in this interview do not constitute or imply endorsement by the Department of Defense, the Department of the Army, the National Guard, or any other U.S. government agency. Thank you. everyone to the Hilliard Beacon Podcast Election Special Edition number five. We have here uh, this evening candidate for city council, Greg Betts. Uh, Greg, say hello. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate uh, you guys giving me this opportunity and just doing this in general to uh, inform the citizenry before the election. Well, thank you, Greg. We've been trying very hard to make sure that we uh, interview everybody who's willing to come out and talk to us. Uh, to do just that, to try to give people a, an in-depth uh, look at candidates and, and to give you a little bit more um, insight into what we're trying to do with these podcast interview segments. I'm going to uh, turn to my friend here, Tim Hoffman, who happens to be uh, prepared ahead of time to talk a little bit at length <laughs> about just what we're trying to do here and what we're trying to provide. So go ahead, Tim. Lay it on him. Good evening. Thank you. <laughs> Is that Bella Lugosi? Something like that. Okay. Some sort of uh, Dracula figure, right? <laughs> it is. It is that time of year. It's. It's. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the purpose of this interview series is to sit down with our local candidates for office and give you a chance to sort of uh, talk at length about things that matter to you. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some questions. A lot of them center around the uh, comprehensive plan because. That's an important thing, and there's been a lot of talk about that. So we're going to, you know, ask for some of your opinions about that. But the idea is this is no one's running a timer other than us keeping track of how long we've been doing it. So Mm -hmm. get as nuanced as you want. Make sure that um, we touch on everything you want to touch on. Um, You know, we're doing this as a service to Hilliard voters who want to get to know the candidates. Um, no one's done this before this year in Hilliard, so mm-hmm. we're real happy to be doing it and just want to make real clear what we're after. Absolutely. I'm extremely happy you're doing it. Great. Awesome. And uh, to open us up with the traditional first question, we have also joining us this evening, good friend Kevin Corvo. Kevin, how are you today? I'm okay, thanks. Good evening. Excellent, a, excellent. Good, Why don't you... Good, good day at school today. And Are you basically a full-time teacher two. at this point? Full-time substitute teacher. I was going to uh, say, five days a week. There's, there's assignments need, huh? every day. Um, I left Wycliffe Elementary today, and um, they told the departing, the departing substitute teachers, hey, if you, got, if you need filled in tomorrow, we got openings tomorrow. Um, th- there's, there's need for substitute teaching. Um, I already have my assignments in for the next um, ensuing two weeks. Booked up. Um, but every day you want a job. Um, You've got one, and um, and I'm enjoying it. I, I, last week, uh, I shared this off-air before we started. Um, it gives me a reason to smile a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the example <laughs> was, uh, it was an art class, and, these, and the student was drawing, and uh, he came over and whispered. And I, I have a sticker um, I wear, and I'll write Mr. C on it sometimes. Uh, so that's kind of becoming what some students um, are calling me. So a student asks, how do you spell arsenal? And I thought, 
for the first instant, but what? And it's nice to see it was for a soccer team. And I'm aware that there's a soccer team in London. It's one of the larger, best-known soccer teams is Arsenal. But um, the very first second he said it, you know, my mind goes where it shouldn't go, but yet it's kind of where we are. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, I was on assignment uh, and met one of my former uh, uh, co-workers um, who's still in journalism. And photographers still say, I'm here to shoot something. And, <laughs> and he said it. And the second he said it, oh, I, that's not the term to use, but it, it's still kind of a hard habit to break. Yeah. So, but an innocent child just wanted to know how to spell arsenal for a soccer <laughs> team. So it made me smile that there is still, to see that innocence that's still um, in the world. Yeah. And, and, I, and I hope it's many more years before he even realizes that Arsenal has some other definition besides that of a soccer team. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's a interesting time to be in teaching, <clears throat> I think. Uh, will you ever maybe take a chance at a longer posting, like a maternity leave or something like that? Is there a potential There for are long-term substitute postings. Mm -hmm. uh, I did apply for one in the Dublin district, and uh, that was one that I think was otherwise filled and shouldn't have been, I was told, shouldn't have been uh, on that on level that, of the on service. The, on, on that post. Gotcha. Uh, mm -hmm. It would probably be something in language arts, which would be a good a good suit for me. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's a different building every day. Um, now, Learned I am going, I am going back... Way. I'm going back <laughs> to the same buildings, so I do learn. I am learning, even recognizing students now, or should I should say they recognize me uh, hmm. as I come through um, some of the buildings, uh, mostly in Dublin and Upper Arlington at this point. Developing rapport and getting comfortable um, and not commuting too far. That's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a big thing. Well, why don't we just go ahead and open so, up with it is that, uh, time of season. that only, first question. Not only Greg. for Dracula invitations, but <laughs> it is... Election season, and uh, I've covered elections for many, many, many cycles. Um, not quite in this format, but I am becoming, I hope, a little more comfortable um, and sounding a little bit at ease and better on air. Uh, maybe some Try listeners to make it easy will on you, pal. tell me that. Try to make it easy. <laughs> okay. So we'll start with a um, wide-angle approach here, um, Greg, and thank mm -hmm. you for joining us. Um, what um, inspired you um, and motivated you uh, to seek election to city council. This is your first go at elected office? Uh, no, no, I, I, I actually uh, ran uh, for uh, Congress in the special election back That's in right. August of 21. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was okay. the state level like at that point? I mean, this is municipal, obviously, but the state jumping into a special election like that? Oh, it was crazy. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, you know, um, because I spent 30 years in the military, I uh, just figure you jump out the plane and figure it out. Yeah, on the way down. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely, build okay. build the aircraft while we're while we're flying it. You know why not? You know, but uh, I, w I was passionate about it. Uh, I was uh, not not happy with our with uh, my congressman at the time and decided to run. And then all of a sudden, uh, that congressman decided to uh, uh, resign. You know, so that accelerated my timeline by about a year. So I had like two and a half months to figure out how to get on the ballot, how to run for elected office, and then before the election came. So, But uh, it, it was a great experience. Um, uh, ran against uh, Alison Russo in the primary, uh, who, who is, uh, I, you know, I just love her to death. She does great things for, for us. Um, I got shellacked 
but uh, you know, is, I mean, she's it, leadership. So, oh, absolutely, running against that as an and she's the incumbent. So, that's yeah, a, I mean, we were both running for a separate office, of course, but uh, you know, she she definitely had the name recognition and you know a lot of experience and uh, you know. Uh, but you know, when it was over, I, I uh, congratulated her and put my uh, put everything behind her. I even went out and canvassed for her, and uh, she did a great job. Uh, I think she got forty two percent of the election against uh, uh, Mike Carey uh, in in November, and that is considerable considering how gerrymandered that that, that yeah very the district red was in that area. Yep. Yeah. Um, I have some friends, uh, Brian, who uh, has conversations about Mike Carey that I can't share here on air. Yeah. Um, but he's he's definitely got a target uh, as far as his seat is concerned. And that, but as here, it should be. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. all these things are being more <coughs> tightly contested now, and hopefully, we're seeing the benefit of that because the competitive element <coughs> and nature of that. Uh, should produce better candidates, better outcomes, better and more responsive uh, leadership listening to people in their districts and trying to produce things for people in those areas. But getting back to Kevin's first question, what now drove you uh, to seek a municipal office like this? Well, you know, um, about two and a half years ago, uh, back in January uh, 21, uh, after... 30 years of uh, service in the Army, uh, multiple, uh, we'll call them all expense-paid trips to the Middle East. Um, I uh, retired as a colonel in the United States Army, you know, and uh, I tell you this because um, I swore an oath to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I took that that oath very seriously, so I know what it means to swear a solemn oath and Mm. to answer a call to duty, you know, so... um, uh, even though my military service is over, um, I, I believe my service is not, and I feel like I'm, I'm answering another call to duty, uh, and that's to serve my fellow citizens of Hilliard. I, I miss serving. I miss serving my, my fellow citizens. You know, my, uh, my wife and I have uh, lived here in Hilliard for over 26 years of the nearly 37 years that we've been married. Okay. Yep, we uh, raised our two now-grown children in uh, Hilliard, both uh, both uh, Hilliard Davidson grads, go Wildcats, and I'm proud to say they are both uh, currently active service military members in the Ohio Air National Guard. Oh, very, very, very proud of them, you know. And um, based on some recent changes, uh, we'll call it progress that I that I've seen here. My wife and I are both very excited about what Hilliard has to offer our four young grandsons. You know, uh, just over the last few years in particular, I've seen. Hilliard become a more vibrant, welcoming, uh, inclusive place. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to keep it moving in that direction, you know, where everybody has a voice, uh, everybody feels included, um, everybody has um, an equal opportunity to, pr- to pursue their, their own version of happiness, right? Uh, after, uh, you know, my three decades of service, military service, which is also government service, um, led me to the conclusion that uh, government has two very basic functions, and that's uh, to protect its citizens from all forms of harm um, and to empower those same citizens uh, to reach their full potential, you know, individually and collectively as a community, you know, and, and to hopefully achieve their, their own version of the American dream, right? And, but, 
you know, the most important thing that I learned over my three decades of, of service was that um, for government service to be done right, it, uh, it begins with and is based on a very simple thing, and that's empathy. Simply having empathy for your fellow citizens and then taking the responsibility to act on that empathy in the form of service to others and uh, for the common good, right? Um, I want to be a part of helping um, Hilliard crack this nut of uh, the potential for Central Ohio, you know, having an influx of close to a million folks over the, over the next several decades and helping plan for it and prepare for it so we're ready to, to, to meet that challenge. We've talked here a lot about this oncoming reinvestment in Ohio mm -hmm. uh, and the specific uh, nature of the disinvestment in Ohio mm -hmm. makes it kind of a, a strange fit for new Silicon Valley or Midwest Silicon or whatever you want to try to <coughs> try to look at it as. But there's other things happening all throughout the economy. There's mm -hmm. a lot of small and mid-level manufacturing kind of trying to come back and be and be rebuilt here. But in order to be there and in order to uh, be the best and most effective net and to provide a great community for all this oncoming investment, mm -hmm. you talked a lot about uh, at Meet the Candidate Night about your most pressing issue was uniting government. And mm -hmm. when you say uniting government, do you, do you mean just city council? Do you mean this overall blended concept of government that we're coming to understand with some of these other development mechanisms where we're including township and school board in these discussions because it is one of those um, uh, multi-jurisdictional mm -hmm. kind of dominions where you're trying to balance everybody's needs and desires. So I guess my question is, how do you feel you're going to address your most pressing, it, pressing issue excuse me, uh, of uniting government here in and around Hilliard? Um, well, first of all, the answer is all of the above, right? You know, I, I want to help create a more team-like environment, right? You know, we're, we're, we're all working together and rowing in the same direction. Um, you know, having attend, uh, attended, you know, multiple uh, uh, council meetings, um, I see a lot of contention, right? Yes. Uh, and that's not the way, you know, like I said, you know, government has, has a purpose. You know, it's to serve the people and, you know, two basic functions, protecting the people from all forms of harm. You know, we're not just talking police, fire, and and the military and stuff. I'm talking about protecting people from hunger, poverty, um, want, you know, protecting people from pollution, you know, um, uh, from discrimination, et cetera, and then empowering people uh, to reach their full potential through education, through, you know, uh, good jobs where they can earn a, a living wage, uh, where, you know, uh, where they can have childcare, so they can actually work, et cetera. Um, and um, I think that uh, my 30 years of experience as a military leader um, can can help provide uh, what is needed uh, to to get people to work together, you know, and and to put aside all the all the uh, acrimony and put aside uh, you know the when the desire to engage in culture war issues and et cetera, and just work towards doing the performing those two functions that I just just mentioned, you know, and serving the people and doing what's right for them. And uh, like I said, I've got uh, 30 years of experience of of building teams, building consensus, um, 
you know, uh, leadership is simply, you know, the art of influencing others to work together towards a common goal, right? And, and I think I can, um, I think that uh, that is one of the biggest elements I, I can provide um, for um, the citizens of Hilliard and, and for uh, the government. Yeah, I think uh, we've had a lot of people express similar mm-hmm. desires. I think there is from this uh, idea of a working group <clears throat> that sits down at something as informal as people that sit down at Scrambler Marie's and talk about uh, general <laughs> priorities. Mm-hmm. versus something more recurrent, regular, and structured. Talk a little bit about some of the logistical experience and the in the analytical uh, experience you bring to a job like a city council person where we're trying to modernize government, professionalize government here. We've taken a lot of big steps in that direction over the last several years. Tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about what some of that experience in the military could bring to your role here on city council, if you don't mind. Uh, I mean, you know... Most people know a, 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 a little bit about the military, and that is that we plan for everything, right? We we come up with a plan for everything we do. You know, um, you know there are you know those jokes out there that we we put together a plan to go to the bathroom. You know, it, it's just this is what we do. You know, um, and you know I've been involved in some some very high level um, uh, planning. You know, uh, my last one of my last jobs in the military was I was uh, a brigade commander um, of a uh, sustainment brigade that was was uh, in the National Guard, the 371st Sustainment Brigade, uh, currently out of Springfield. Uh, And we were activated to uh, to go over to the Middle East. And we were the. sustainment brigade that was responsible f- for sustaining all U.S. and coalition forces operating in CENTCOM, Central Command, which is all of the Middle East and Afghanistan, right? We, I, I was in command of 2,500 troops spread across 12 different nations, 32 separate locations, um, and our job was to make sure that all U.S. and coalition forces had everything they needed to accomplish their mission. Um, and it's quite a complex task. Everything they need. Everything they need. You know, they say, you know, beans, bullets, all the, you know, supply, mm-hmm. maintenance, uh, transportation, uh, personnel, et cetera, et cetera. Sustainment. Sustainment is yeah. what it's called. <clears throat> yep. So, uh, and, you know, that takes quite a lot of planning, as you can imagine. Um, sure. And uh, I am pretty adept at the process. We have, uh, you know, a process called the Joint Operations Planning Process, which, you know, we put together a plan, we review it repeatedly. As we're executing it, you know, we're reviewing it. It's an iterative process where you're constantly assessing and reassessing and making changes based on what happens next. Because as they, as we say in the military, the enemy always gets a vote. Mm. Uh, you know, we... <laughs> They, they can always change things immediately, you know, and, and regarding the, the, uh, the uh, comprehensive plan, um, you know, there's no enemy, obviously, but, but many different things can happen along the way that changes things, you know, that we, you can't foresee. So that's why it's important that as, as it is laid out in the comprehensive plan, it's, it's a guideline, it's a concept we actually actually call these concept plans in the military um, that we put together to be prepared for something that may occur. And as we're 
we're when we're ready to actually execute them, then we we call them an operations order, and they 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 are executed. But there are some some plans that you know when they're when they're being executed over a long period of time, like weeks, months, years. In this in the case of the comprehensive plan, decades. Um, there are decision points along the way, and uh, uh, it doesn't mean that the, the, the concept plan is not written in stone. It's just a guideline to, to, to get you heading in the right direction. And that's, that's what I like about this comprehensive plan is that it, it um, specifically says that, hey, this is a concept, and as we move towards, a, you know, um, achieving the end state, you know, of, of how we want Hilliard to look, um, there are going to be decision points along the way that go through the public, the, the public vetting process. You know, the, the through the, zone, the zoning uh, uh, committee and through uh, the council again, if need be. You know, and people, we're going to get input from from all the stakeholders along the way um, before we actually decide on something. Yeah, I could I could see it very easily. Uh, turning into a situation where, depending on the size of the investment and the project, uh, it could invite a whole new round of public participation mm -hmm. because, again, depending on how altering it is to what Hilliard is presently, it's going to invite a lot of that conversation. And that's whether or not it was in anybody's concept of what Hilliard could be mm -hmm. uh, uh, beforehand. A little bit, I, I'm going to turn to Tim here in a second, but just following on to this question that we had about uh, the comprehensive plan, and as an analytics guy and somebody logistically uh, versed, talk a little bit about the common language over the next 10 years that you would like to see evolve between something like the master facilities plan, the comprehensive plan, um, uh, things that are being delivered to the school board in the form of information studies like cooperative strategies puts out all this amazing demographic information mm -hmm. that gives a lot of insight into the people of Hilliard and what uh, is happening as far as a lot of incoming and outgoing trends are concerned as far as people's work backgrounds are concerned I think if you're talking about unifying government and producing a united government, having a common language between a lot of these big documents is important. So applying that military iterative process, what would you see as some of the next steps for making that happen, making that come together in more than a Scrambler Marie's kind of way? <laughs> I, I think we need to have um, a deliberate official meetings with all the stakeholders, like like the the uh, the school board, um, to ensure that we are all on. We have uh, a concept in the in the in the military called uh, COP, uh, common operating picture. Everybody under everybody is seeing the same thing. Sharing, um, making sure that we have a shared understanding of the operational environment, right, and what's going on now. You know, and how do we want to move forward together? You know, you know, one stakeholder may want to move in this direction, one may move in this, want to move in this direction. But we've got to come together as a team, and you know, hash it out, and um, agree that we've got to move in a particular direction, uh, if in order to achieve uh, our, to accomplish our mission as elected officials, which is to serve the people 
um, that uh, that we represent. Um, I'm not sure if that answers your question completely. Yeah, you kind of brought it all through. I think it's just something that I harp on and on about recurrence mm -hmm. and the idea that um, as divisive as choices are, as frustrating as local governance can be, these cities aren't the city is not going away. Mm -hmm. The city is here. The city will be here. The city will be Hilliard. It's what you make of Hilliard. It's what you tell those bulldozers to do yes. uh, with your with your common organization. And, and if your goals are clear and, and they're shared across the major operating bodies, you go a long way towards smooth governance and, and, and comprehensive uh, understanding of that that operational picture, as you say. It's it's not outside the realm of uh, reason to make analogies that say, oh, uh, this form of uh, local governance, like city council, you oversee certain elements of making sure people have all those things you talked about. They feel empowered. They feel connected to mm -hmm. certain elements of city life and things of that nature. But township also ensures a lot of emergency services. They do a lot of the running around and provision on the bigger scales and across larger distances and things of that nature. And mm -hmm. then then you get into what the school board does and, and the value that they provide to the community as an economic driver, both as number one employer and all these other things. But it's all about how that works always ongoing together. So that's that's always been one of the things that I kind of harp on about. So it's it's uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's it terribly to talk about it a little bit and kind of apply that yeah. uh, experience lens to it, to the present problem, I guess I should say. There's another thing we do in the military uh, where we it's it's basically um, the uh, interagency process, you know, the joint interagency um, uh, planning. You know, you've you, you know, I I worked uh, uh, the last twenty of my thirty years. I was on um, active service, but in the National Guard. You know, a lot of people don't know that about ten percent of the the National Guard is on active service orders all the time. Um, and I was one of those folks. Institutional knowledge is still able to be maintained, developed, Ab and absolutely. you keep people on jobs and things yeah. like that. You yeah. can't have you can't have the whole thing only be just part time, right? Part time. Yeah, yeah. The the traditional uh, someone's got to keep the lights on, absolutely. while people are swapping out weekends. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. And you know the the job of of those folk of you know one one of my jobs and and the job of all those folks is to simply uh, empower the traditional citizen soldier and airman to you know accomplish the mission you know our, we're there to support them uh, prim right. primarily but you know we we have to do a lot of planning you know to to plan for floods and tornadoes and 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 all these other things that the national guard responds to yet you, you have to be in, interconnected with all the different agencies like the ohio, ohio emergency management uh, agency and the department of transportation uh, the comptroller, the um, you know comptroller folks, uh, etc., to make sure that everybody has that common operating picture, so mm -hmm. that when you know the bleep hits the fan, you know we're all we all know each each other's roles and we all know each other's capabilities. Uh, we all know what 
you know, what the end state uh, of, the, of the mission is so that we can all work together. You sure. Know, time and, for hero ball. Right. And, yeah. the, and, those, <laughs> and those lines of communication require care and feeding. All the time. Right. All the time. It's not just, hey, it looks like we're, we're going to have a, you know, a flood here. Let's get together and talk about it. No, it's, it's, it's a constant process. And that's, that's what I want to do with, with, with all the different agencies, you know, all, all the different stakeholders. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we can't just operate in silos. We've got to communicate all the time. You know, and, and not just at, at, at a, a restaurant every once in a while. You know, it's, you know, why not come together and have, have a, 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 an actual meeting uh, that's on the calendar where we get together and we plan. Right, because uh, some eyebrows went up at that school board meeting when it, some people expressed that they didn't know that this comprehensive plan was uh, happening. So, hmm. you know, that's an example of yeah, yeah. where... There wasn't yeah. enough communication. So uh, what are some concrete things that you can do that you would uh, sort of want to – what approach would you take if you got a seat to make sure that those kinds of uh, communications happened on a regular basis? I would, I would push for uh, getting them on the calendar. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. the first step. You know, let's, let's, get, let's get with the other stakeholders and say, hey, let's have a uh, – Let's have a, a set meeting. Let's meet, you know, quarterly at a minimum, right. if if not monthly, to talk about, you know, what's what's going on in your world, what's going on in our world. You know, let's talk about uh, common uh, problems and, and and issues that we see on the horizon, mm-hmm. uh, so that we can figure out how to uh, to uh, knock those things down uh, together. Right. Uh, it can be a daunting task going from decades of experience and expertise and trust and uh, Mm. people looking at you with that unwavering faith uh, to seeking elected office and asking for every vote Mm -hmm. and and needing to justify and prove it all over again. Yeah. So uh, to Kevin's earlier point about seeking the office, what do you foresee as some of the, the, the challenges to serving with integrity in a new professional role at such a critical time? Ch- challenges of, um, serving yeah, to with joining, integrity? Yeah, to joining a city council. Mm-hmm. Uh, Already with a in lo- progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, you've been drafted, essentially, <laughs> and, and now you've parachuted in. And say you grab one of these seats, and uh, it's a 166-page comprehensive plan. It's mm-hmm. hundreds of pages master facilities plan if you want to have the schools and the city functioning together and knowing yep. about these things. What do you think some of those challenges are going to be to taking on that new new level of professionalism in a whole different life? Um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. It, it, is kind of, uh, it is kind of daunting or kind of different to, to have to tell people, I know what I'm doing. You know, uh, because, you know, I was in for 30 years and, you know, when you get to uh, to the rank that I was, people generally think, OK, that, that, that dude's been around a while. He knows what he's doing. Um, uh, so but, you know, I I uh, I try to approach uh, any type of uh, I approach team building from a very humble perspective. You know, um, when I was commissioned, uh, my mother, who really didn't know much about the military, but she she cut a little um, 
she cut a little uh, quote out of uh, the Reader's Digest and gave it to me right after I was commissioned. She said, I, Gregory, and you know, when she called me Gregory, I knew I was either in trouble or it was important, it was right? Serious. And uh, she said, uh, I don't know much about the military, as you know, but, but I think this is important, you know? And it was a quote by a guy who never served in the military named Peter F. Drucker. And uh, it was, um, rank does not confer privilege or give power. It imposes responsibility. Mm. And I tried, to li- I tried to, you know, basically live my career with that quote in mind, knowing that, you know, um, rank or, or leadership is not, is not uh, a benefit bestowed on, on a person put in charge. It's, it's, a, um, it's a, a substantial burden. Uh, placed levied on that on that person you know it's a it's a moral demand of accountability for something important right and Mm -hmm. you you know you're responsible for the accomplishment of the mission you're responsible for the welfare of the people who you know are working for you right so um to 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 get what get at what you were you were asking you know the the army's funny um they they i probably had 20 different jobs you know during my 30 career 30 year career um, or close to that, um, because as soon as you get good at one part of it, they say, "Hey, it's time for you to move on." To we want you to go do this over here. Well, I just figured out what I was doing. Well, I know that's train you, the next guy. You did a great job, so get in there. So right, it takes about three years to figure out what you're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and now it's time to roll, dude. But uh, you know, just about every job I, I I entered, I really didn't. I I had never done it before, generally, and um, and that. The, the the entity that you know whether I went and I took in, uh, I was in charge of a unit or or a directorate or just a section um, that had been there for a very long time mm-hmm. you know those people had been there they're doing the job they're the experts and now they got a new guy in charge of them mm-hmm. right but um, you know my approach was you guys are the experts help me. You got it. You got it. I'm going to be the face. You guys get the get of this section, this unit, this this directorate, whatever. But you guys are the experts, and I'm depending on you to teach me what I'm doing. Right. Right. And and I know we have a great uh, staff, you know, with uh, with Michelle Crandall and all the folks that that work for her. Um, I want to. I want to go and, and sit down with each and every one of them and have them just, you know, do the Vulcan mind meld and try to get as much as of the get have them get me spun up, right? So that I can I can help them succeed, continue succeeding as mm-hmm. they have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've talked a little bit about when we had uh, some folks in to talk about the planning and zoning openings mm-hmm. on these various commissions. They've talked about some education that's going to come along with those appointments, just for the very nature of the work you need to be as you say spun up pretty quick and and operating with a lot of integrity Mm -hmm. uh, because that's the gateway to what happens really at a developmental level here uh in hilliard i was wondering uh if you wanted to talk a little bit about the comprehensive plan we could maybe get into it i thought tim you had a great question last time for pete marsh you asked if there was a any 20 pages of the (laughs) comprehensive plan that you you've had jump off the page at you and kind of say, look at me, you want to be involved with this particular aspect, these five focus areas, perhaps Mm -hmm. like one of those five or, Mm. um, 
you know, organizationally, some of the changes that are suggested. Is there anything and, that's any, been interesting to you? Right. Any of the eight big ideas that jump yeah. out is like that's something I can that I uh, you're looking forward to digging your digging your. Hands oh yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love the concept of the trail town. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I listened to the Pete Marsh. Uh, um, uh, interview. He he did it. He did an outstanding job. Yeah. Um, Pete's uh, Pete is just an overall really good dude. He's uh, you know very um, he's very competent, very hardworking, and he I he I, I really believe he generally just wants to do what's right for for uh, uh, for the, for his citizens. Um, but I like him. I I really do like the uh, the trail town concept. But you know I I love the concept of. Um, you know the 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 mixed use downtown areas. You know that uh, are going to encourage people to walk around. You know, just like the Crooked Can did, right? Just love like the uh, you know the splash pad. That th- those were some of the changes that I said uh, that I that I was talking about when I said that I've seen some changes over the over the uh, last few years that made Hilliard seem like a more you know, vibrant, welcoming, and inclusive community where people are just coming together, walking around, saying hi to each other, um, and uh, and just enjoying walking around downtown. Mm. You know, and and getting to know each other. And and I really love the, that concept of uh, you know, outdoor outdoor uh, dining. You know, and and other little shops and amenities that uh, that. People who live maybe in 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 the in some of these mixed use uh, type developments can just walk to, you know, and do their thing, have dinner, you know, go to a couple shops, maybe have a couple drinks, uh, take their kids over and play play in the splash pad or whatever, and then, you know, walk home. You know, you know like some of the like some of those daily life elements, the yeah. comforts of daily life, a community daily life. I I walk here a lot along mm-hmm. this old disused rail corridor mm-hmm. from the donut shop i just walk straight shop right up behind the building oh, dear. that's trespassing jordan <laughs> but it uh <laughs> i also cross the bridge over cemetery road too catch me if you can don't tell nobody uh but it, it's better than getting run over trying to cross one of those uh flashing intersection warnings i know about that Kevin has been struck by an automobile. <laughs> what? Not in Hilliard. Not in Hilliard. Uh, okay. This has been some years Still ago, Still not too. good. Well, yeah. A year ago. 12 months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? <clears throat> Again? No, just <laughs> once. <laughs> Come on. Come on. was not long ago. Uh, but getting back to your point of um, yeah, the trail town idea, just that, that interconnected nature of a city along multiple points, mm-hmm. I like that is better than just the car uh, dominated suburb Absolutely. that we've been as as this first stage of Hilliard's evolution from what was essentially a rail stop to a small suburb to a car dominated suburb where fifteen thousand people come in and fifteen thousand people go out. It's yeah. now what does the future hold for Hilliard? And if if it looks like the kind of community that a lot of people uh, on either side of this this election cycle or any election cycle have said they want it to be community oriented yeah so uh given that i think some of these developments that are slotted for along cemetery road potentially this rail corridor potentially could change the way a lot of people use the city and relate to the city so that's an exciting that's an exciting element of any community plan again it's going to involve a lot of land partners it's going to involve a lot of decisions along the way 
but it's it's something that's been fascinating us as we've been kind of pushing off into this municipal effort and providing people a lot of information. Getting involved at the community plan level is a nice invitation yeah. uh, into that process. And that being said, people can look at it as a scary thing, and, and that's perfectly within their, their purview because that kind of development's a, a major change. Yeah. And if it's right on your doorstep, that's also a major consideration. But from my perspective, I look at things like a potential Amtrak Mm-hmm. Uh, stop very close to my own neighborhood. That would be awesome. Uh, which would be amazing for mm-hmm. me to, I mean, hop on the train to get downtown, hop on the train to get to Chicago, hop on the train to get to Pittsburgh or any of these other places. Absolutely. Just the idea that I could get away from riding in a car yeah. and, and, and being taking stuck in those traffic. risks and, and things of that nature and, and the uncertain timing of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I like the idea that Hilliard is a, a burgeoning, developing, and growing town in a, in a new stage. Um, I I, yeah, I love the concept of just being able to hop on, on the trail, when, whether you're walking or riding a bike or a skateboard or whatever, not having to dodge traffic to just go visit your neighbors or just, you know, come downtown. Yeah. You know, to be able to walk and, yeah. and not have to worry about getting hit by a car in the, in the process. I definitely enjoy my strolls. For sure. Um, Greg? So you're a, a man who has spent a lot of time planning, doing lots of planning. We <laughs> talked about <laughs> planning and doing, doing and planning. Your history of <laughs> plannings, and I'm sure you've spent a lot of time in your career on sets of contingency plans. Oh, yes. And the contingency never showed up. Oh, absolutely. You've got a great plan. Put it on. It's there oh. when we need it. Um, I would like... Um, to know, all right, you've you've had an, and handled our community plan. It's 160 pages. Mm-hmm. Can you compare that in like size and scope to some of the sets of plans that you came across and helped to create and worked with during your career? I, you know, it's it's fairly comparable. You know, some of the contingency plans that we put together are even even bigger than that. Sure. You know, um, but it's essential because when you know, and, and we, we, we set them for just about everything, you know, for a pandemic, for a cyber attack, for, you know, a terrorist attack, for, you know, what, for, for a flood, for a, for a hurricane, et cetera. Because we, we actually do respond to hurricanes, not in Ohio, fortunately, right. uh, for now. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, we're, we're, Ohio is one of the, 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 the states that's really relied upon to go down and help Florida and other, other states. Because when, when they get hit, you know, their National Guard, sometimes it's it's hard for them to, to respond fully because some their citizens there too, you know, so other states go in to help. But, but uh, to your point, um, yeah, th- these are big contingency plans, you know, and, and the, the key is, you know, I, I, I'm probably going to botch the quote here, but I think Eisenhower said that uh, um, pl- um, Failing to plan is planning to fail. Yeah, something. No, he said something like, uh, you know, you know, once 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 the operation starts, the plan is is uh, is BS. I roll know? with Mike Tyson on that one. Yeah, yeah. Everybody got a plan until they get hit. Until they get hit, hit, the, get <laughs> punched in the face, right? You know. But he said the pro- but but it is essential because you're critically thinking about what could happen, and you know we. Then you you know when 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 the bleep does hit the fan, it's not the first time you've thought about it. 
Right. Right. You know, and and the contingency plans, you know, that, you know, 150, 200 pages that we have ready to go. Um, they're, they're not going to it's not going to unfold the way the way we thought it was going to unfold. But not. we've thought it through. You know, right. and we can just adapt off of that. It's like, you know, a roadmap, you know, and hey, if you hit construction, okay, well, let's go over here. Let's let's take this route over this way to get around that that obstacle. Um, that's what I see this comprehensive plan being. It's it's it is a, a guideline for the future. And uh, it is a, a, a way to, to help us move forward uh, toward toward uh, being prepared to um, stay the type of wonderful community that we are with a hell of a lot more people. Sure. Um, do you want a heavy one? What's that now? Do you want a heavy question? Um, oh, man. Throw it in. Those fastball. have been light so far? Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, world geopolitical events are getting uh, stressful right now. Off the hook, yeah. Uh in, and it's uh, an unknown uh, whether that kind of conflict or chaos will ever touch our community. Mm-hmm. It is plausible that that kind of chaos could approach and touch closer to home. Mm-hmm. And it has in small ways in in. in different parts of the country already what are some of the ways that we can you know as the city of hilliard kind of be prepared and or respond if things get a little bit crazy here well like i said i we we've we we that is a great question that's a big one it is yeah. a big one it is a big heavy one i warned uh, you yep yep um but it was only like 30 seconds warning. I think what he's kind of laying in there is, is not some uh, red dawn scenario, yeah, but yeah. rather the yeah. idea that these destabilizations happen over and over and over again yes. in various formats. And suddenly grain shortages in one part of the world touch off violence, touch off this, mm-hmm. touch off these other things. And mm-hmm. then suddenly uh, a little old Hilliard is left facing a a a different playing field yeah so uh sudden changes big changes how do how do governments owe it to their citizens to respond to that kind of stuff um well the first thing is planning you know just just like uh, they did with this comprehensive plan i mean they in that case we you know we may have to look at a contingency plan for hey what what do we do when there's um uh uh civil unrest here yeah, and you know we've done this in Ohio. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it. I know this because the National Guard responds to it, right? And, right. And the cities know that they can request uh, uh, support through uh, the state. Mm-hmm. You know, who then vets it and push and decides whether or not the National Guard uh, responds. Um, you know, and, and it's all in coordination with the EMA and, and ODOT and, and, and all those things. But, but that is a, that is a, uh, um, that is a, a scenario that I think we need to at least need, we need to know. And, and I'm sure the city al- already does know this. Um, uh, but, uh, it, it, we, they need to know what happens if we have civil unrest here. 
Right. You know, whom do we call? And I, you know, it's, what uh, happens if we have water <clears throat> disruption or if or something more mundane were to occur? There, that's why there is this whole huge structure that exists above mm-hmm. the face representation yeah. that is a city council person. Absolutely. This is not seven people knowing everything. Absolutely. This is seven people working together to access the right resource at the right time. Yep. And planning is one way to do that. I've talked a lot about how I felt for the first 10, 12 years I lived here. This city had a lot of things going its way. It had a very, very well-regarded school district that has just been a magnet for people and populations oh, yeah. to come here. Yep. And But beyond that, it was fits and starts, and this phrase I come back to over and over again, of tripping up the stairs, mm-hmm. where you see where you want to go, yep. and you're so excited to get there, or there's these opportunities right in your hands that you just start scrambling, and you have a very inefficient trip to the top of those stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what we've seen over the last several years, the professionalization of the government administration, switching over to a city manager. Mm -hmm. While I don't like we lost an elected official, I do like that this uh, hired official is specifically appointed to a job. Mm -hmm. That job has characteristics and it can be graded and evaluated and hired and fired and all these other things. Yeah. But over the last couple of years, I've just seen such a change in the orientation to how things get done here that I don't feel that sensation of tripping up the stairs anymore. I don't feel that sensation of a city scrambling. Mm-hmm. I feel the sensation of a city trying to plan and orient for the next 10 years and the 10 years after that and the 10 years after that. So what can we do not for this 10 years, but to make the 10 years after that feel as successful? What are some of your long-term, and I'm talking long-term aspirations for this part of Central Ohio, this part of America, this part of uh, uh, the state? I don't know. Be as big or as narrow as you like. What would you like to see happen here uh, in Ohio? I'd love to see us be a uh, – first of all, I, I do that all the time, by the way. I trip up the stairs constantly. It's a miserable experience, yeah, it which is. is why I use it to define the failures of it, our government. It is. I can show you all the bruises on my shins. Um, <laughs> but um, – and I also agree with you that I feel that way too. You know, like I said, over the, 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 the last couple of years in particular, I've seen the changes, you know, and I, and I really attribute it to the, that change in government. And, you know, I've met with uh, Michelle Crandall. She is an extremely competent individual, and I am extremely impressed by her and her staff. They know what they're doing, and – and, and I really feel like we, we are in good hands uh, with them. Now, there's a sense that people respond and pull back and say that, okay, they're just serving us up to developers. Do you feel that pressure? Do you think that's what's happening? No, absolutely not. I, I, I really believe that, that, they are try- that their first goal is how can we make this a better place, even even better place to live for our citizens, right? And And – you know, how do we prepare to keep it going in that direction when we're going to get a whole hell of a lot more people here over the next couple decades? But uh, getting back to your, your yeah, question yeah, the big, of, of the big of goals, the, of the, the big goals, I would love to see, you know, um, Cynthia Vermillion um, came to me, um, gosh, over, over a year, year ago now and, and asked me to be on the Greener Hilliard Committee. You know, and I and I was like, I'm all in on that. Um, 
using renewable energy, I mean, we, it, it is way past overdue from my perspective. Yeah, we and should be getting those first bills for the electric aggregation absolutely. here. Absolutely. You know, and, and we didn't even uh, approach it from the perspective that it's immediately going to save us any money. In fact, we said it may even be a little more expensive. But the good news, you know, we, we pushed it as even though it may be a little more expensive, it's going to be, I don't know, saving the earth for our, for our kids and grandkids, right? And it will um, be consistent. Yes, yes. And, uh, but the nice part is it's actually going to save us money right away, which is incredible. Um, but I really enjoyed uh, doing that. I was, I was just excited as hell when the, when the citizens of Hilliard uh, voted for that. Uh, by 62%, which was basically a landslide, which was awesome. I was very, very proud uh, to be a part of Hilliard when, when we did that. And, and what I would love is for Hilliard to be, you know, an exemplar of renewable energy, of setting the example for all the other states in Ohio and the, and the nation, et cetera, to this is how you do it. This is how you 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 transition to renewable energy and reduce our carbon footprint uh, in in enough time to save the planet, you know, so that we can continue to live here and not have wildfires every, you know, every year and 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 these you know so-called 100-year storms, you know, that are happening every couple years. Check your watch for uh, next next and last. Absolutely, yes. I would love to see for for us to become uh, in in the future, you know, the the place where People are using renewable energy where, where we're, we're buying uh, electric cars, where we have the infrastructure to support those, uh, those, uh, those electric vehicles, uh, et cetera. You know, we're already, I know we're already doing that. We have our first one or two buses here uh, uh, that, are, that are electric, uh, school buses. And uh, um, that would be a great thing from my perspective if, if, if we could be an exemplar in, in renewable energy. Well, and one of the roles of municipal government is is kind of injecting that focus and that stimulus into different things that you feel would benefit the city uh, or the city feels would benefit its overall health. And to say that entering into uh, the electric aggregation agreement is a nice entry point, it could maybe attract a, a, a large or larger, excuse me, let me try again, a larger scale construction firm that's more interested in doing larger scale projects but would like to locate here mm -hmm. uh it would it might bring in something along the lines of a a, a legacy program where you partner with large landholders people selling off large parcels of their farms could sign a, an agreement with a local municipal uh, owned or even municipal uh startup or subsidized uh power provider construction firm and, and create a, a legacy for that land mm -hmm. uh, that contributes positively to the, the city and the county and the township and things Absolutely. like that. So yeah. there's plenty of opportunities to, to grow those programs because there are no programs here. Yes. I think a lot of times the municipalities here in Ohio have seen the daunting kind of state level obstruction of renewable energy and the setback provisions and things like that. And that's kept people from applying resources mm -hmm. to try to get through that. Yeah. I think uh, the time is now. Uh, we have one of the top 10 largest school districts in the state. We're a growing municipality around a growing 
uh, super municipality. Mm-hmm. And I just think, uh, yeah, to take the reins of, of that area would be an interesting play for Hilliard, one that hasn't been uh, explored by Dublin already. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it might it might be an interesting move. Kevin, we're, we're getting close to an hour, and I think we're usually turn to you around this time for another question, or two, or three, or four. So please continue along <laughs> if you don't mind. You used an acronym um, a little earlier, um, military acronym, uh, to make sure that all the people involved see the environment the same way. COP. Common Cop. Operating Picture. Common ap- Absolutely. Common Operating Picture. I could ask this as a question or just make it a statement, but I think there have been times that COP has not existed either within the same local government entity and certainly sometimes among different entities. Mm-hmm. You agree that's been the case sometimes? I agree. I mean, okay. it, it, I think that oftentimes has, uh, when, is, is the point of contention. When there is not that COP, mm-hmm. do you feel that is because certain people can just not come to an agreement or is it they haven't been approached or asked in a manner that could bring it about i you know um i don't know all the inner workings of how things have been occurring but you know um i like to think that uh, at least there have been several meetings i've gone to where it seemed like some of the folks who acted like they didn't know what was going on were doing just that um for it just you know that's just my my gut reaction i'm not going to accuse anybody of, of anything but i think that you know there are folks who who just want to kind of shut close their eyes and and put their hands over their ears and go blah 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 you know so that you know they don't hear what's going on and then they it's like wait well you didn't tell me about this but but um how would you address that challenge how would you create cop uh here? For whatever the issue might well, be. Well, when, when, be when someone is intentionally not listening to you, there's not much you can do. You know, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink, right? You, if you, you know, you can, you can give them all the information. You know, I, I know there have been times when I've seen a, a council member say that they, that that council member wasn't aware of something and another one corrected that person saying it was provided to you a week and a half ago. Um, you know, so if, if, uh, if people don't want to uh, don't don't want to hear it, you know they're not going to hear it. But what what I I like to do is is I, I like to you know just engage one on one with people and and see where they're coming from, and try to try to just get them to to hey come come aboard. You know we're we're, we're all moving in the in the same direction here. Quit quit hanging over the edge of the boat here and just dragging us down. Get in the boat, grab a paddle, and let's go. Um, and I. I I, I, I do that by by just uh, how I how I, I interact with people I, I, I think and, and uh, um, but in the end if they if they don't want to hear it they're not going to hear it you know um, and and you just have to figure out how to to get as much consensus as you can among the group and say that person's not listening but we need to move forward let's go are there any initiatives you would like to see city council undertake if elected um, any just initiatives something that hasn't been brought forward or, or isn't really being discussed right now um you know like i said i i really like the direction hilliard is moving um i and i, I want to keep it moving in that direction i don't have any particular initiatives other than you know that big one that that i just 
discussed with with Jordan, you know, I, I would like us to to do even more with 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 green energy, you know, and the concepts that uh, that Jordan was discussing about potentially bringing in you know some entity that wants to create um, renewable energy, uh, produce renewable energy in our community well, that would be that would be fabulous you know? large-scale so, power production has mm-hmm. a profit in it uh, there is a, a number that you reach and mm-hmm. then you start making a lot of money for yeah. your municipality I think that a city that is comfortable spending or allotting or uh, putting in 60 million dollars to build a, a rec center mm-hmm. um, plus uh, has within its reach some of these grander ambitions that we've talked about mm-hmm. uh making municipal power a real thing again yeah uh and those would be empl- employees that, that would be paying income taxes uh, to the city you know generating real meaningful scale businesses uh because as, as we all talked about and we've talked through other things the city does pick winners and losers and there is some uh well they don't pick losers but they pick the people <laughs> that they support the city has that responsibility it's an economic driver so mm-hmm. maybe as one of the final questions to to wrap up where do you see uh some of your ambitions for building some of that economic growth in hilliard in that commercial uh environment we've talked a lot about uh, well not a lot but we've talked about the renewable sector we've talked about energy production but what other fits do you think will be good for Hilliard as far as commercial development might be concerned? You know, I, 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 I don't have any particular uh, ideas, quite frankly. Um, you know, one of the things that I did uh, in, in, as, a, as an Army leader, and particularly in the later years, um, you know, the, the, the higher in rank you, you get in, 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 in the Army and the military generally, the less of a, um, a technical expert you become. You know, and you you have a staff of technical experts um, who who bring you ideas, bring you um, recommendations and advice on how to move forward, right? And uh, uh, they they provide you courses of action, gives you give you the pros and cons of each, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you give them guidance and intent, and say, you know, I need you to go make some more changes, make some changes to that course of action or whatever, or bring me a new course of action, et cetera. But in the end, you make a decision. Um, I I'm not a, a huge expert in in in, in that arena that uh, you know that you, you asked me about. So what I would do is go to um, the staff where there are experts and and you know get input from you know people like you there pe- are pe- people like uh, you know all the other citizens and say what do you think well, there are systems and entities within hilliard government for that kind of purpose the hilliard development corporation yep. was a big one that was the driver of the crooked can development and growth cycle but that was again the city deciding yes we will put money into old hilliard and and, and focus on it as far as making certain development arrangements for that to go forward Mm -hmm. uh yeah i think that we you touched on it a little bit consulting the experts and then you you mentioned consulting the people and i think that i i mentioned this in almost every one of these interviews and i would be loath to forget it uh on that city organizational chart Mm -hmm. there is uh city residents right there at the top yes and then beneath it there's city manager and city council people various commissions and everything and everything is very structured and ordered and organized 
what always strikes me about that is that there exists no structure in Hilliard to organize that very top portion of the chart. Hmm. City residents get roped into all sorts of things over their lives here as far as what's important, what's not important, what election cycle is meaningful, what election cycle isn't meaningful. Mm -hmm. And they get engaged and disengaged as the bulldozers come closer or they're further away or uh, some other motivating factor. Mm -hmm. What I'm thinking is uh, one of my ambitions for the rest of my time here in Hilliard is to see some meaningful organization for city residents so that they can feel that ongoing contribution. Yeah. They can feel that direct access and pipeline to information, mm-hmm. but also to real faces and people that are there and have been elected to represent them. Yeah. Would you uh, be interested in pursuing that? Would you be considerate of saying we have wards maybe and we could organize it along ward lines and do all these type of things, but yeah. organizing the people in a meaningful ongoing structure? Are you talking about bring just bringing the people together in a regular? Yeah. Uh, regular you would say okay. Let me just introduce the idea here. Neighborhood planning groups, right? Yes. It's a situation where, on some calendar scale, you bring everybody together that's in a certain ward, and you have an arranged schedule uh, yeah. of business to conduct. And everything I would love else. that. Yeah. I would love that because I mean, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. You know, we, we the government is made up of the people. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's executed and performed the functions by the people, you know, and it's f- supposed to be for the people. So they're in charge. You know, the the, the people are our boss, you know, yeah. and and I agree with you that there we can always in. in uh, but how does your boss as the people give you clear? Absolutely. Orders and directions? I like I like that idea. You know, I, I would love to sit down and talk to you more at length about your. Yeah point of view on that because (laughs) you know uh i don't have uh i i I haven't thought about that and and, uh i'm glad that uh, you brought it up because i will think about it and uh i would love to get a group together to 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 figure out how we can do that you know get get a group you know uh, uh, a a diverse group of, of folks like you all and and some other folks to come together as like a planning committee make to, it a commission yeah make it a commission to 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 say how can we do this how can yeah. we get better you know you know not just as you know survey monkey on on e uh on, online or something like that where but actual deliberative bodies where where the citizenry can come and talk to us and say this is what we want to do you know? yeah because i feel i feel sometimes people just got to get it out People just got to get it out of them. Oh, you know, they do. You got to be heard. You got to be in front of somebody. You got to be able to say your piece. You got to yeah. be able to have a conversation. And then when you come back next week, you have a conversation about something else. That's and then, right. Or not next week. I'm not trying to put weekly meetings on anybody. So yeah. Damn, sorry. No one's. Everyone just got sorry. Sorry. Yeah. 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 No, Everyone's no, no, like, no, no. everybody, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. Well, anyway. <laughs> but I, but I love the idea because I mean I think we owe it to them. You know I I I would love. Yeah. I mean, you, you know what? One of the 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 favorite. Uh, speeches that uh, Barack Obama gave. I think it was one of his last ones. I think it was overseas, and, and he and he said that the uh, the most important position in any government is citizen, right? And if we can just get um, the citizenry to participate more in their government, uh, then I think we'll be a stronger democracy. I think we'll be a stronger community, and I think that we will all do better. Yeah. 
Well, it's been an hour and some minutes, and uh, Greg, we usually wrap it up right around there. I think we'll uh, have no problem wishing you good luck in this upcoming election, and uh, we want to have you back at some point in the future to talk about any old thing, whatever you like, <laughs> whatever you like, uh, and that's elected or not. Of course, as a, as a longtime resident of Hilliard, you can always bend our ear. And we're not elected, but, you know, we just chose ourselves for this job. <laughs> uh, but that all being said, thank you again for coming out and making yourself available. Thank you to all previous candidates for coming out and making themselves available. We have more uh, interviews coming your way in the coming weeks, and we will uh, fully commit to getting all those out before Election Day, uh, maintaining our breakneck pace here to provide you with plenty of local information for the part of democracy that you're accessing on election day uh yes. for the other parts of uh democracy that you should be uh, accessing all those other days of the year hopefully you'll be able to talk to greg about that <laughs> uh but until next time uh for tim hoffman and for kevin corvo and our guest greg betts uh i would like to say uh thank you to everyone we would like your likes subscribes and support uh financially materially and emotionally if you can spare <laughs> uh but uh, to the rest of you i say good night and tim good evening thank you i, I would time. just love to say uh, thank you for having me and most of all thank you all for for what you do i mean this is a great service that you're providing uh to hilliard citizens um and i truly appreciate it we're Thanks, trying Greg. to good we're trying to do a good thank job you. yeah we're trying to do a good job take it very seriously well, you are thank appreciate you. it thank you all right all right well thank you gentlemen <laughs>